0: If you would, with me this morning, turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. And when I say that, many know what this passage of Scripture uh, refers to in Matthew chapter 1. And you can say, well, Brother Gary, Christmas is over. But I want you to see something in this passage of Scripture as we uh, look at it this morning under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as Matthew wrote this and has a divine meaning for us today. At Calvary Baptist Church. Matthew chapter 1. Starting there in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. When his mother Mary. Spoused Joseph. Before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph her husband. Being a just man. And not uh, willing to make a public example. Was minded to put her away. Now all of this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall uh, be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, God with us. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bid him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you today for your word. We thank you for the correctness, the perfectness of it. And Lord, I pray that everything that we do here this morning would exalt the name of Christ. I pray that you would be pleased with us. So I pray that you take all that's on me, Lord, any of my uh, thoughts that I have of anything outside your word this morning, that you remove it from me. I pray that uh, God, the Holy Spirit, move in our midst. I pray that he moves in my soul, he stirs in my heart, and you place your word within me this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. I pray that, uh, Lord, that I would be exactly what you would have me to be, that I would be effortless this morning, that you would take control. I pray that Satan be barred from these walls, in the name of Jesus Christ, that he can't stay here, that you will be worshipped as you deserve. Bless us with your presence, and it's in Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. I read this passage of Scripture this week in the heels of Christmas past that time we're already into the new year and as I thought on this passage of scripture I prayed over this passage of scripture Lord bless me uh, by moving uh, in this passage of scripture and thinking back upon when God the father looked down upon mankind and through his grace and his mercy he decided that he would send the king of all kings Lord of all lords Under this world. The splendor of Jesus Christ being given to sinful man. The gift of God of sending His Son to me. You see, because Christmas is to be personal. He sent uh, the only begotten to Him. Or for me. What a wonderful time of year. As we celebrated the birth of Christ. And as I studied that account again. Here in the book of Matthew, also, and looked into Luke, the Lord impressed upon me of those who were involved in this greatest gift ever given. When God the Father uh, chose to give us Jesus Christ, He looked at mankind and said, I'm going to send them a Redeemer. I'm going to send them an atonement. And it came through Jesus Christ. And as He looked at uh, Christ, He said, what will I place Him in? How will He come? And a figure stood out to me in this. Joseph. Very little's ever said about him. Very few things are ever said about him, and we never have an account of him speaking much, or any, the word of God. Joseph. So with that being said, as I looked at where uh, God told Joseph the part that he would play in the giving of the greatest gift mankind has ever received. Joseph. How did he take this? How did Joseph react to this? What did it take What did it take to be the kind of person that God would choose to uh, place the only begotten under His roof? What did it take of Joseph that God Almighty looked down and said, I've searched the world over. I'm going to have Mary give birth and I'm going to use Joseph to raise my son in his home. What kind of man is this that God will allow Joseph to raise the great I am. I ask this question Do you love your children? You love your grandchildren? Do you have the type of home that God would have chosen for you to raise Jesus in? Are you the kind of daddy? Are you the type of man? Are you the type of mother that God, Jehovah, would decide in eternity past, I'll place my son in that home? Are you? Are you cheating your children and grandchildren out of something? Boy, gets pretty deep pretty quick, doesn't it? Those are strong words, aren't they? Joseph. Who was he? What kind of man was Joseph? Well, I can tell you, we need a lot more of them, just like him. I uh, believe to uh, ever know anyone, you must see their character. You must see what is really hid on the inside because character is what's in that inside. So what was Joseph? What was on the inside of Joseph that he could be used in this great and mighty way? What was it that God saw in Joseph to say, I'll place him there. It's the best place for my son. That's the question that God impressed upon my heart to find out. Look there with me in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make a public example, uh, was minded to put her away privately. Just man. Have you ever been called a just person? Has anyone ever said that to you? Has anyone just said, you know what, you're a just individual? Have those words ever been spoken to you? If you have, I know that you understood it to be a great compliment even if you didn't know all fully what was being said about you, you knew that it was a compliment to be called a just man or a just woman. So the first thing I saw about Joseph that stood out to me was that the Word of God calls him a just man. The word just means acting or being conformed with what is morally upright and good and righteous. That's a pretty good word. Now let me say something about the word morals, about the definition of morals. Now your children, our grandchildren can look this word up in the Webster Dictionary and it was changed. It's been changed from what it once was. And today if uh, Noah Webster uh, who developed the Webster's Dictionary was a conservative Christian man and he would roll over in his grave today if he knew what the definition in the Webster's Dictionary was about being just. Moral right. And it's been changed. It says to be moral, by definition now, what you think is right and good or considered right and good by most people. That's what it takes to be moral in America today. Let me say that about this about the word morals. And also about its true meaning. For one to ever be morally upright, good, or righteous, morals can only be viewed under the standard in which God has commanded man to live them by. It is God's law in which things are moral, immoral, for it does not matter what man says, what man thinks, or what man believes. God's already settled what's moral and immoral. Without your opinion in it. For in a time of the Roman Empire. There consisted about a hundred million people. Sixty million of those were slaves. Now the Romans didn't think there was anything wrong with this. But God said it was wrong. And they were punished for it. By the end of 1944, uh, the Nazis had killed over 6 million Jews, and they didn't think anything was wrong with it, but God said, Thou shalt not kill. They were wrong, and God punished them in it. 1973, the United States Supreme Court uh, gave in the, uh, the greatest nation of all uh, time, said it's not wrong for us to reach into the womb and destroy human life, but God has already spoken. He said it's wrong, and America will pay for the decision. God's already spoken. He don't need nothing about your morals or what you think's right. Today, in America, in the lame stream media, in our elected officials, They can say whatever they want about what's right or what's wrong. They can say you can live your life however you want without any repercussions upon it. But God's standard has already been set in eternity past. God's laws have already been settled. And everything in my life, everything in your life that goes against what God has commanded and be morally wrong, you will suffer persecution and punishment for it just the fact of it that's what the word God's telling us about Joseph he's a just man, he's a moral man he's a man that's godly he's a man that sought the righteousness of God in his life, all of his actions all of his deeds, all of his thoughts was always weighed under what God wanted for him in his life he's a just man you know once he says this brother Joey about being a just man, you really don't have to say anything else you didn't have to come out and say he was a just man. He was a pretty good fella. No need to say that. That summed it up. We know he was a good fellow. He was a just man. He was a just man. He was a man that others could see that he loved the Lord. Say, how could they tell that? Well, I'm going to tell you he obeyed the Lord. He lived his life as if God had an expectation upon it. He lived his life in an obedience to God the Father. He lived his life as if God, who had set a standard for the way he lived, he desired to be in God's will. You say, well, how do we know all that about him? Well, I'm going to tell you when he was told that Mary was pregnant. He didn't throw a fit. He knows what she said. We know that he contemplated in his mind, how can this be? But I believe, I believe the Word of God and the being the just man that he was, that he knew the Old Testament. I believe he believed what Isaiah said about a virgin coming. And I believe he said, well I guess this is it. And God's going to use me in it. Not one time did he question it. Don't even see that he said a word. You know, God has a standard in which He has commanded me to live. But He's also given you a standard in which to live. See, Joseph didn't become a just man after the dream that was, that he had. No, he was a just man at the very first of it. He was a just man before uh, the angel ever spoke to him, before he ever had this dream. He was already a just man. Well, that tells me something here. That shows me that if you or I are ever going to do anything from the Lord, we can't wait until He gives us a task for us to be just. Now I'm going to tell you what, God will only deal with just people in the first place. God's not going to give you a task when you're unjust. God's not going to give you a task when you're morally wrong. God's not going to give you a task when you're living in sin. No, it'll only become come when obedience to Him has, confession has been made, and then God will use you after that. Don't think you can sit there with sin in your life and fool God and He's going to have you on mission field next week. It's not going to happen. No, you'll get right before God will send you anywhere to do anything with you. It takes an obedience in this just man. You see, he was just before he was ever told these things. But also I see, I want us to see the characteristics of a just man. How am I going to achieve these things? Look there in verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bid him and took unto him his wife. He didn't ask the first question. The angel of the Lord told him exactly what he needed to know and Joseph just accepted it just like it was. He didn't say, well, hold up here, I need a little more. No, he kept his mouth shut and done what God told him to do. You see, he didn't start speaking, you know, as I've said many times and I fell in this, the Lord uh, give us one mouth and two ears, so we need to shut up most of the time, just use the ears. What will it take for God to use me? First, I have to be morally right. First, I'm going to have to try to seek to be that just man so that God can use me. And then I'm going to have to come to a place when God gives me a task, I don't ask 37 questions about why. You know, how often, if you've had children, was you angered when they kept asking questions? And I believe every parent probably said this. Because I told you to. Have you said that before? I believe that's a comment that's probably every parent's made. Because some of us being more hard-headed than others, like Roger Dale. Oh, I didn't mean to say that, Roger Dale. It took a little more for some of us to say, just because I told you to. You don't have to understand it. you're just to do it the way I told you to do it. I wonder how often we challenge Jehovah just that way. And I believe he says, just because I told you to. But see, he didn't have to do that with Joseph. Joseph just done it. He was just going to be obedient in it. He never asked the angel one question. You know why? Here it is. Joseph believed God. If I have to question God, I'm questioning His authority. I'm questioning His knowledge. I'm questioning His wisdom over my life when I ask a question. really what it is, isn't it? You see, Joseph just believed God. He just took God at His word. He knew and he believed in his heart that God knew best. And he didn't know anything. I'll just do what God said. It isn't our place to come up with God's plan for our lives. It is our place just to carry out God's plan in our life. I see that Joseph had a relationship, though, with God. He knew what uh, it was to have fellowship with God. He didn't wake up from the dream, and say, you know what, I've had a lot of crazy dreams before. I'm just going to write that one off. God will come back if that's really what He wants me to do. No, he had a he knew what it was like when God spoke to him. So I've said before, I fear today that with many children of God, if God was to actually speak and move in our hearts the way that He does when we get right, that many of us, if He just moved in our heart that way, we'd be calling for somebody to get there for ghost hunters. Something's going on it isn't right because we don't know what the experience is for God to speak in our lives because of the absence from it. But you see, Joseph had a relationship. He was in fellowship with God. That's why he didn't question it. He knew what it was like for God to speak to him there verse 20 with me but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying Joseph thou son of David fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit I want to read that again but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying Joseph thou son of David fear not to take thy wife Mary we see many times, and we, we miss this because we use this as it's said with an angel when he always says, fear not, fear not, fear not. The angel saying, fear not, in every other instance you'll read, is actually referring to, don't be afraid of me, I just got a message from God. That's not what was said here. He said, fear not to take Mary. You see, when the angel showed up, Joseph wasn't scared. You know why? He knew who he was being talked to. He knew about the fellowship that he had with God. He didn't fear what God had said to him. He didn't have to. The angel didn't have to say, "Don't be scared of me. I got a message." No, he wasn't afraid. He knew what it was like to be in fellowship with God. He just said, "Don't be afraid to take Mary your wife. Just take her." He knew what it was like to hear from God. Do you? Has God spoke to you this week? Well, maybe the better question is, have you spoke to Him. Is there any fellowship in your life? We say, well, I wonder where he got this kind of faith from. Where did he get this type of faith? Just to do what he was told to do. Where did that come from? Look there with me in verse 22. Now all this was done. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Joseph knew what the prophets had said. You know why he had the faith to be able to do what God told him to do? He knew what the word of God said. Not only did he believe what God would say, he also took what the prophets had said and he took it to heart. He believed what was saying there. So many decisions that we have made in our lives and even mine personally, I have made and they were wrong. You know why? Because I've never put God's Word in it. I've never searched God's Word to see if that's where it was at. I'm going to tell you the studying of God's Word leading into that through prayer will never lead you wrong. A book might... It has the capabilities of leading you wrong. These self-help books, which I can't understand why they would ever be in a uh, Christian bookstore, makes no sense to me. We don't need our own help. We need God's help. That's why Jesus Christ comes. We can't help ourselves. It's God who helps us. It's through Jesus Christ and the moving of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to have that relationship, you'll find Jesus in this book right here. You start studying this book and it will build your faith because God will lay out a plan for your day. Your day tomorrow is in this book. You believe that? In the morning if you'll wake up with bent knee and hit the bed and say, Lord, I just need instruction. I don't know that I can make it to 9 o'clock and be all that you'd want me to be, but i pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move in my life, that I stay girded close to Christ, that I look just like Him. Now show me in your Word what's going to get me through this day. Show me what I need to know that I'll believe everything you say. I'll be obedient to every step you need me to take. Give it to me this morning my desire. is to fellowship with you. You know what the God of all is going to do? He's going to give it to you. Because it's what's best for you. It's going to give you all that you wanted. it. Now your day may not play out the way you wanted it to, but you'll have the strength to carry it through. He believed what the prophets had said. The reason so often we are disobedient. And the reason so often we're living a defeated Christian life is, is that we don't know the Word. Pure fact. Just don't know the Word. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Would you like to be considered a just person? Look at Joseph and his example. And it's obtainable for us through Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you for the story of Christmas in itself. Lord, I'm glad that you chose to tell us about it. I'm glad today that you just didn't leave us to our own means to figure it out. But yet your divine word has been given to us. And we know the truth of Christmas. But Lord, to your word, we also know the truth of those who were used during that great gift that was given. What a blessing you've given us. Lord, I confess to you that I fell in the reading of your word. So, Lord, I pray that You would move in my life a conviction that I desire this fellowship with You. That I'd love, You'd put a love in my heart for Your Word. And that day that You have laid out for me, that I'll accept it the way You say it's to be done and glorify You in it. You move on us this morning only you can. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask these things. Amen.